Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, welcome along to Soundtracking with me, Edith Bowman. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this week's episode of my weekly podcast where I have the luxury of diving into the minds of creatives from the worlds of film, music and TV and talk about that beautiful relationship between the moving image and music. Um, We've got loads of great episodes coming up for you. I had the absolute joy of talking to the two composers involved in the TV version of The Last of Us, uh, Gustavo and David Fleming. And that's coming up for you, along with Diego Luna uh, talking about Andor. It was a really fascinating conversation. And Diego really did his homework uh, to talk about both his journey as a filmmaker as well, but also where music has sat with him with regards to specific films and things that have really connected with him. So really looking forward to sharing that episode with you, as well as John Boyega. Um, who you can hear next week. But this week, it is a welcome return to Soundtracking to none other than Chad Stahelski and Keanu Reeves to discuss their work together on John Wick Chapter 4. The pair have clearly had huge amounts of fun making this and all the John Wick films and their passion for and dedication to building Wick World is playing for all to see on screen. Now that is a great idea, a theme park Wick World, who's in? I am. I am a huge fan of these films. I'm not normally into this kind of genre of filmmaking. I love martial arts films. I'm not really that into that many action films, but I feel like they have really created something unique and brilliant. And the character John Wick is brilliant. Keanu just, you can tell how much fun he's having and how I don't know how committed to the role he is as well. And it's been a brilliant journey to follow from chapter one right through to where we are. Chapter four. And chapter four is scored by Tyler Bates and Joe J. Richard. And it's with their cue, Bigwick Energy. That will begin. Chad and Keanu, thank you for coming. We we had you on four years ago for the third chapter talking about the film and it's so great to step back into the world of, of John Wick. It really, really was. And that, that punch that we're talking about, it's this first thing that almost as a film fan, you're kind of there and you're just settling into your seat. You're kind of, you know, getting that comfortable position and it is like a sucker punch to you to kind of go, come on, pay attention. We're about to get back into this world. It's Welcome a great back. way to start the film. Welcome back to John Wick. <laughs> yeah. Boom. 
John Wick's practicing his punch, all right? We want you to know John Wick, because I think we ended the last one on yeah. Yeah. I think that was the last thing. Yeah. And this is a direct cut back into that. Boom, John's back. When did you know we were going to have a fourth chapter? Because last time we spoke, I asked you whether there was going to be another film and you were kind of like, we got to wait and see if audiences respond to this and whether they want this film first before we think about a next one. What point did you know there was going to be chapter four? I mean, I guess after it opened and it did okay, yeah, Lionsgate was, a- was like, okay, let's do it. And then we went to Japan yep. because the films opened there later. Yeah. And then I guess we started to take it seriously. Do you start making notes about where you want the, what you want the car? You know, what's going to happen? Where are we going? What's he going to do? What's the story? I, I think it was a lot of riffing back and forth. I mean, <laughs> well, I, actually, we had to figure out what was the reason to do it. Yeah. Why? Why? Do <laughs> why do it? Why what do was it? the story? And I think we're in Japan. And it went. John Wick in Japan, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like, we like John Wick on a horse. Bushido. John Wick on a horse. Bushido. And we started, yeah, we, it started because we were Japanese. in Japan, literally yeah. in Tokyo. And we just thought that, we kind of giggled. Like, yeah, that'd be fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but we don't want to, we don't want to do that. But that culture like, is. Yeah, we do want to do that. <laughs> that culture is such an inspiration. It's such a part of, you know, the, the, mm. the kind of Japanese culture and, and that whole martial art world as well is, is such a kind of big heartbeat to the film, I think, as well, in terms think, of, is that fair the, to say? The code. Like Bushido. Yeah. We're both fascinated by ritual, etiquette, ceremony. Yeah. Um, like a code, I guess. Yeah. And John Wick has a certain code. Yeah. So I think that's that's what was appealing to us, I think, or to myself. What I love about the film as well is because all these different <clears throat> locations that we that we go to, you know, Paris, Osaka, Berlin, New York, they all have their own sound as well. <clears throat> you know, in terms of the way that, I don't know if that's something working with Tyler and Joe about the music and about it kind mm. of audibly kind of taking you, almost flying in audibly to those places. And I was interested to talk to you about, you know, the conversations that you have with them about, there has to be, there has to be a thread <clears throat> through musically, you know, with themes and, and cues, but there's also got to, it's got to feel fresh and new and specific to that film. Yeah, no, it's, I guess every time we get to do one of these, yeah, like we try to get better. Like I, I you know, if you could see, <laughs> barely knew anything when you do the first John Wick. <laughs> like and you try to get better as a director, but like a lot of it, we both love music and we both we both want to have our own, I guess, authorship on it. Yeah. So I think Tyler Bates, the composer, uh-huh. and Joe Richardson on the first one, kind of gave us a little bit of a. They had an interesting sound on the first... Sorry, it's Ian McShane's just oh, barging geez. in on our interview. <laughs> Hi, Ian McShane. <laughs> good, good, good. Oh. good morning, sir. If you're going to be interrupted, yeah, exactly. that's a good this way to interrupt. Person you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Nice to see you. Yeah, you too. Have a good day. Amazing. Love the Love shoes. That. I, got, I want to talk about him and there's um, one scene in particular. But we were very fortunate. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, as we are putting together the John Wick, the John Wick March, I guess you could say. Tyler, yeah. they kind of hit this little... I don't know, like a Western, New Age kind of thump to it. job sense trying to keep that thematic so they'll take like a Japanese guitar or they'll take like a Chinese uh, 
like a mandolin yeah. or something like that, and they'll kind of keep working to find these new sounds. Yeah. And you can kind of tell them, I think. But you're bit. really specific about Devious Point, like location, mm. right? And place and setting and coming up with musical cues, themes, and kind of setting the stage for each environment. Because this film does yeah. have a bit of a travel movie to it and also different kinds of you know, the opening, the middle right, part, yeah. you know, and you really do pay a lot of attention to setting up these places and themes. I think it would go back to, the, honestly, to the Wachowski Film School that we came from. Yeah. Like, there's a line in the movie that Bill Skarsgård said, how you do anything is how you do everything. And I think that would sum up the Wachowski mentality. Like, they they were so intricate on every detail. Yeah. And music and wardrobe and fashion was such a big part. When you go into Jordan, when the sun rises, you've got that little bit of Arabic music mixed with Spanish guitar. It's like this anime, you know, ghost in the shell kind of, yeah. uh, like the high vocals and stuff that we do a Japanese choir on, which is kind of cool. And then my favorite is like the very end. It's that little ode to Sergio Leone, little tapping guitar. So yeah. I, I think that's so important to help the themes that we're doing and, and, and the spaces. Yeah. Even like with the jewel, there's that kind of tiny little bit of rattlesnake almost. Just, it's just <laughs> a tiny little bit. It's just there. Yeah. You can just hear it. And it's lovely because it's just those kind of little whispers yeah. of things that yeah. are inspiration, but they're new and they're fresh and they're yeah. right for this character and this film. They just, they, they really, really work. Thanks. I wanted to talk about the stair scene in Paris. <laughs> I mean, there's so many brilliant scenes on this. I love Ian McShane, the scene where he walks into the museum. And that walk. And keeps walking. And just keeps, keeps walking. Walking. And walking. No one else could get away with it apart from you guys, I think. It's so good. You just kind of like, yeah, he's still walking. Yeah, yeah, he's still. But, but it's the scale of the paintings. Yeah. And you're this in little the man almost. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's so great. But that stair scene is, 
You kind of, I felt like I held my breath for the whole sort of scene. And then when you fall down the stairs, I was get, trying to catch my breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got to beat up John Wick. I what? think that's a pretty honest look, too. <laughs> he looks at his watch. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, before we talk about the kind of the kind of craft of that, for you, what's the prep for something like that? And, you know, in, in terms of when you're talking about a specific <laughs> scene like that and going into filming something like that, what's the choreography, the prep, the, the yeah. dance through <clears throat> of it, all yeah, that? Yeah, it's a wonderful sequence that uh, Chad had the idea for of just having... <clears throat> it's in front of Sacre Coeur, and I forget how many stairs there are. Is it? We, uh, there's, a, I think there's two hundred and almost forty the whole way, but we did two hundred twenty-two. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> so it's two hundred twenty-two, and it's at near the end of the film, and so it's in a way his epic kind of struggle to reach the top, <laughs> to you know, reaching for freedom. Very metaphoric. And yeah. Very <laughs> metaphoric, and so for me, it was a wonderful kind of dramatic moment for the yeah. character so i kind of just sit there he kind of takes his breath and he's like okay here we go so yeah i mean there's a lot of the training that i've had a lot of the experience that i've i've had kind of comes into play because there's a lot of choreography and then there's moments that get made up on the day yeah which is fun yeah and to rehearse on 220 yeah, yeah i mean that was my yeah. thing it's kind of like you know yeah. kind of getting up some kind of sound stage with those steps into practice or it's like, like 20 steps in the sound stage to rehearse on yeah and you just have to choreograph and like you know, section by that. section about 30 at least 30 percent maybe 40 gets done on the day and i love yeah. as well how there's so much kind of um almost like different moments of the film have a real kind of visual their own visual identities where like the way that that's shot then the way that that the scene prior to that where you're in the derelict building and that view from the top as you go that's so great it just works where you're following him through and it's this incredible it feels like one long shot something sort of as another you're another Sahelski <laughs> inventive <laughs> creative but it's the confidence and I love it you just you know kind of saying about that idea of with the first film you're jumping on this journey and by this film it's so exciting to watch where you've come as a director to the yeah, the, the confidence you have in that we're unapologetic no we like trying stuff yeah and you have Keanu that's so game and so we have a great collaborative creative team yeah that, like it starts with Keanu and if he's down with it and puts in the time we can do things that a lot of people can yeah do you ever say no to anything uh, what have I said no to? No, I mean, Chad's pretty good about knowing what I can and can't do. Yeah. And so... Uh, he can read the facial expressions. Go, no, but like, no, again, it's, you not just, it's not always me to handle something. Yeah. Like on number three, he's like, I, I, I see John Wick on a horse. And we're like, that's a pretty cool idea. Yeah. Let's do a you on a horse in Brooklyn. <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 a lot of the ideas are coming in that direction. Yeah. I've got to make an admission as well. Since the last film, I became a dog owner for the very first time. Mm. I've never had a dog before. I never really got the dog thing. But in the last two years, I absolutely I get the dog thing. What's the dog's Talk name? River. Oh, River. Yeah, he's a Portuguese oh. water dog. And he's nice he's like a spirit. He's just kind of, he senses things. It's unbelievable. So I absolutely, I now get John Mc, yeah, yeah, totally. I get John Mc's journey. It's so crazy. The DJ. Can we talk about, I love the the DJ. We never see loose, her. Loose. We never see her fully sort of thing. Amazing voice. Amazing idea as well. She's a great, um, she's a musician from mm -hmm. Paris. I think she's originally from Ethiopia, but she has a, a, a band in um, 
Paris. Talk to me a little bit about the the kind of putting that in as a narrative and what that. I guess why that? I was a huge, or still am. I mean, I, I've never met Walter Hill. I don't know if you've been. I've met Walter Hill a couple. Um, times. I just was a big fan of his work, and you know, I grew up. I don't know, we must have been in our teens when I saw the Warriors. Yeah. I just thought it was a you know it was always cool. You know, you, you remember Nowhere to Run, the song that they play. And yeah. Like, oh, the Warriors. Keanu and I were still putting together the, the acts, and we had this third act where okay we know he's got to get somewhere but then we want to do the the battle royale and the call to arms for all the the groups in paris to come together we had done the suicide girls we had done carrier pigeons and we're just like you know john wick we're, we're more of a composition orchestration kind of thing we've never really like every movie has like one needle drop or something yeah. like that and we're like well we want something more musical on this one yeah and we couldn't figure out how to like how do we get needle drops in more organically and then i was like oh like you know something like the warriors and we're like oh well we'll just do the war. <laughs> we'll just do our own. And I remember we were in Yeah, Paris but you also have Continental Radio now, right? We had the Continental High Table Radio. And we did, like, that's a great way to get Nowhere to Run, and we'll get a Rolling Stones song in there, and we'll get all this. And we kind of did it that way. That's how it kind of came about. around choosing the versions that you used mm. in the film as well. Um, well, we knew we wanted, we loved the Motown, Nowhere to Run, so we just wanted, you know, again, everything in Wick is like, okay, how do we take something and kind of make it ours so it fits in the world? And we did a version of Nowhere to Run. And then uh, my editor, Nate Orloff, is a huge music buff, and they were going around because we wanted something, you know, like, you know, we just had tried in our tent music, like, Paint It Black by the Stones. Yeah. And we found a French version of it, and we thought, oh, my God, this couldn't be better. <laughs> and we kind of tried it in this temp, and then you see Keanu smashing the car and driving. Like, it just kind of fit the beat, yeah. especially when you're switching from overall sound to source music to back. And yeah. I don't know. It was kind of accidental, but it just fit. We yeah. knew it was right when we tried it. That's an extraordinary scene, and just—I mean, how long did that take to shoot? Because it's just—it's—it's it's brilliant to watch. I think we were eleven days. Whoa! It was—it was a lot. It was about a lot. <laughs> I have no idea. It was like two—it was two, like two weeks. It was a little over two weeks. And so, two weeks to shoot, and how much 
how much prep for that type of thing? Well, I it, it's like in different phases. You start with Keanu driving like uh, four or five months out, yeah. practicing on the cars and the tracks. And then, you know, again, that's one of the, you don't just go to rehearsals with 50 cars. We yeah. kind of got to take our best guess yeah. and work our way there. Is that, that one of the things you love about your job that you kind of get the opportunity to learn different you know I all get these to go skills slide around yeah, on cars yeah, and yeah, muscle you get cars to go, like, two weeks of car practice yeah it's man it's like, heaven yeah. i love john mcboot camp <laughs> can't even call it maybe it's There's john mcatelier or yeah it's even uh, more school. yeah it's no it's less than boot camp but i mean it's more like training anyway yes that sequence was a lot of fun mm -hmm. A lot of components, because you also had a bunch of people running, you know, getting hit by cars, yeah. uh, had to create the kind of the atmosphere of traffic in multiple lanes. It took a really took a lot of um, a lot of thinking on that. A lot of thinking, planning, cooperation. Scott Rogers, stunt coordinator. Jeremy kind of, Marinas, our fight choreographer. Yeah. Koji, you know, we have, we have a very big stunt yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> And I love how you keep the sound in there in the fights. You know, the kind of like, I like you. Can, I don't know if you can, if it's saying shit or whatever in the background, but you can kind of hear all these kind of no, sounds and stuff. Uh, we'll kind of, it's to, so uh, great. Mark Steckinger yeah. is our sound design guy, and Andy Koyama is our mixer. I never knew as a director going how much I'd enjoy sound. Yeah. But after the first, we met. They've been on with us for all four weeks. They. It's one of the funnest parts of post. It's just <laughs> these half a dozen guys, and they're all laughing the whole, like, how do we get the, like, <laughs> they love the movies. They love cars. They love guns. They love martial art fights. They love action movies. To see these guys work and put in so many layers, mm. it's like the John Wick sound design. Immersive. Very immersive. <laughs> they're fantastic. Do you listen to music when you're kind of in John Wick camp? I don't. No. Mm. No, the, um, sometimes the dojo will have music, so, you know, some of the fellows play music while we're warming out, up yeah. and stuff like that yeah but then when we start getting into like repetitions and stuff kind of turn it down but there is music around in the dojos yeah how do you know what you know with the, with these incredible set pieces and fight scenes how do you know when to stop them when to <laughs> when's kind of like you know that's long enough you never have enough to you have too much <laughs> that's the, what's the john wick phrase <laughs> just a little bit more that's, to be honest um we have our best guess in conclusion for yeah. action sequences but um Learned a lot in the last couple of years with all the John Wicks um, compared to other films. You never know till you watch the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like we've cut, edit, we, we've edited the sequences a hundred times and you'll watch the sequence. Yeah, that's great. That's great. But then you'll watch the two, you know, the two hour and 40 minute version and you're like, wow, that just didn't feel right. And yeah. there's a little trim or some we, we've over trimmed before. So I've actually added some back and then we've taken some away. You, you, you learn that it's the whole experience. Yeah. The rhythm of the action sequence is important, but the rhythm, how it fits into the whole thing is kind of really how we judge it. I wanted to talk a little bit about casting as well, if you don't <clears> mind as well, because um, Bill Skarsgård is just, I mean, brilliant bit of casting in this. It's just like, yeah. We really like Whose idea was that then? Honestly, <laughs> I, I met Bill way back when my former partner, Dave Leach, was doing Atomic Blonde, and Bill yeah. had done a small part in it. And we've been following him ever since. And the original script have a few other different characters and we're going to do different things so I just knew Bill seemed like he would fit the world very well so we sent him the script I talked to him said hey how would you like to be in a John Wick he said great send me the pages and we'll see so I actually sent him a very early version of the script I didn't really mention the part just read it and thinking he would go with the part that had a little bit of action to it yeah and he goes oh that's great I'd love to be the marquee <laughs> like, well, no Bill that's not the 
I was thinking for something else, this other part. Oh, what? Like, oh, no, no, no. The fu- the, that's the fun part. Like, I want to be that guy. And I'm like, really? Well, he gets to go with Keanu. He gets to go with Bit. Like, he's got all the great, like, that, that's, that's the part. I want to do that guy. And we're like, oh. And we talked and we're like, that could be really interesting. And it just kind of happened that way. He just brings like this almost kind of spoiled bratness to it, I think. He's almost kind of like. Very this, entitled. Yeah. Uh, it's so like. Arrogance he's, and confidence. And what's and, that uh, accent he's doing? It's so fantastic. <laughs> it's so it, 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 what is it? It's like, the, it's like a broken Cajun. I, I it is like Cajun French or something. Cajun French. That's what you're saying. Makes me a little Swedish. <laughs> it's so good. It's it, awesome. He's delightful. Yeah. Was it fun? To, oh, to he's play so that good. Playground with him. Well, he had a pathos to him, you know, <laughs> but he also had just, he had that thing where he's the guy who you just hate as yeah. soon as you see he him. He just had that way, like frame one, day one from the first In the costume. Yeah. He's got yeah. the facial expression. He just, too. but he, he acts with such joy. He does. He you loves know, He loves it. He embraces yeah. it. He loves it. You can tell he's like a kind of kid in a playground, just yeah. kind of with the best toys ever. And it's the, you're right, it's the outfits, it's the, the grandeur of every environment that he's in. Even when he turns away from people and he makes these little facial expressions. Oh, yes, like, the Skarsgård ticks. It's funny, we, 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 we started playing, like, but like, if you watch all the takes, we always let Bill's take go a little bit longer. <laughs> Keanu taught me very early on about big screen acting. Yeah. It's about little takes and little facials that define him. Like, you'll see him when he's staring at the painting and Winston gives it, and he's got this little half smile. Just for a moment, you can miss it if you blink. But it's always that just after the scene's over, he'll do the look, he'll do the thing, and then you're like, oh, I get this guy. And the eating. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> eating dessert. He's got a sweet tooth. He's got a sweet tooth. He's got... Just the way he stirs the coffee. Yeah. And but he, he gives power to the high table. Like, you believe it. You buy, you buy that it's it just ancient time. and time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're kind of going, how is he there? How did he get there? Actually, and then you're, you're right. going... It's got a lot of weight behind it. Yeah. He's a great personification of the, the pathos of the high table. And, and, and then Lawrence as well. I just love the scenes with you and Lawrence Fishburne, you know, in terms of just the, you know, he's he's not in it that much, but when he is, the power mm. and presence that he has in it is just, There's a great you connection feel it, yeah. Bowery King. I think that's one thing we tried to explore that was like fellowship. Yeah. You know, brotherhood, trust, this weird kind of friendship when yeah. everyone's got on different sides of the line, but there's respect. I think that's very cool. Again, he, etiquette. There was a couple of themes that I really got from it friendship being one of them and the kind of father-daughter thing as well mm-hmm. that kind of runs through it as well and I think that that's what you do brilliantly with this with this particular film I think as well is that that there's kind of so there's real heart at it you know it's kind of all this crazy stuff's going on but when you kind of you know it's about relationships and that kind of really I feel kind of comes through particularly with um is it Shim- Shimazu? Shima- Shimazu 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 and you know you kind of see that relationship and that's just kind of like oh man I just want I just want that. I want them going holiday together before this happens, <laughs> and see how you know see that relationship because it's beautiful. Oh, that's kind, yeah. That's nice. You've got I've you've got history with Hiro Yuki yeah. before, yeah. yeah. Is that lovely to bring that experience then to to when you when you are kind of reunited on a different film on a different project? But you have history, so you can bring that. Yeah, with definitely. It. The relationship in the film in Chapter Four definitely I feel benefited from the shorthand that Hero and I have and the experience, shared experience, yeah. There's a bonding. Yeah. I think it comes across more than... It's ephemeral, but it's solid, too. Like, you can feel it when they're talking to each other. I think when you see Lawrence get out of the train, that's a real smile. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to De La Resistance. (laughs) Little far from home, aren't you? Little far from home, aren't you? (laughs) I mean... Yeah, I think our, we have a great cast, and I think they all get along really well, and it comes across. Yeah, and the sunrise. 
that's the kind of character almost in the film in a yeah, way. Well, yeah. I'm so happy I, that yeah. Edith is sharing that with you because yeah. that was important to you. It that was, was like, that was like. I think I have a sunrise fetish. I think that's, well, that's one of the most beautiful things in the world. Also, the whole film before then is at night. Yeah. Well, we have the sunset. Once that sun comes up, that's all you get, and then it's a hundred. It's like the film opens with a sunrise, right. and it closes with yeah, a sunset. Over oh, sunrise too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a sunrise, sunset, and sunrise, set. and then sets, set. That's the movie, and then yeah. yeah, and then it's yeah. I don't want to go into, into detail about kind of bits in the film towards the end and things because you know I don't want to spoil anything for people watching the film stuff. Thank thing. you. Yeah. But there, there feels like there's um when well, there's more that we know anyway with ballerina and and things mm. as well. So even though there might mm. not be, I don't know if there's you know what's next for John Wick, but he's he's back in some kind of in some time frame between these films, yeah, yeah, you know, in terms yeah. Of yeah, they're doing another film called Ballerina, and I got to play John Wick in that. And, and it was cool. The director, uh, Len Wiseman, you know, spoke with Chad a lot of, and, and with me as well. Of like, he was very um, considerate, yeah. like where he would pitch the context of his film. Yeah. And so it was nice of him to pitch it between our calendar so it happens between John Wick chapter 3 and John Wick chapter 4 it's nice kind of almost like you know nice that there are I don't know he's kind of just you can step in and out in a way yeah yeah so I got to I got to put the uh, suit back on I got to wear the suit for another week (laughs) and uh yeah yeah. it's it's always nice when that yeah people like the franchise and they want to do other things very flattering but I think Len's got a a great take on it yeah what's next Mm. for both of you I don't know. I'm working on <laughs> working. You've got a long list of things that are either, you know, kind of... I don't know. It's all or... wacky out there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Stahelski. What do you... I mean, you've been working on this film for three years it'll now. Be, it'll almost be three years wow. next week. Yeah. I mean, I think all of the work you put into <laughs> developing the script, the story... Was a lot. Yeah. You know, you, you, there was no, sto- was no stone unturned, you know, in trying to come to the story that you came to and... So, I mean, I think that has to go into it as well. I yeah. mean, you worked on the script for at well, least eight months or even a year, maybe. It was almost a year. I mean, it was yeah. a little bit COVID, but it was, it was good to have the time yeah. in, in at least a positive way. But I think, you know, everyone, I, I don't know, one of the most frequent questions you get is like, how do you, how do you do yourself? How do you go bigger, stronger, faster? And I think it was just everybody getting a little bit better. Yeah. And also, I think it, you try to get better in, like, if, if you talk about action, we kind of had a, well, at least I had a kind of a revelation about how to do better with that. And it was from a ta- talks of people that I think are way better than I am. But it was like, okay, um, how do you do better with the action? And it's just not a top shot or cars. It's kind of what you do before the action. Mm. You can see the rhythm in the John Wicks. The first movie, I think it was like 42 minutes before <laughs> there was any action. And then you have number three that starts off with 30 minutes straight of, yeah. you know, this plethora of action. And this one, we kind of took our time again too. And I think it was, this little revelation of something we wanted to try. We're like, let's build up the characters so there's real weight to it. Yeah. So I think the real, I think the most important thing you do to make a great action sequence is the setup. Yeah. You love all the characters. You know the relationships. You know what's at stake. So when they do fight and he has to fight a friend, by the time him and Donnie actually go to blows, you kind of know where they're all coming from and why it's such a big deal. It's not about the moves. It's about two friends on opposite sides of the line and Hiroyuki and Donnie like we spent a lot of time trying to develop things and and after the Osaka sequence 
there's another break where you see he's got to go to the risk of Roma. And now it's you mm. start seeing the, the stakes and the consequences of what's happened when Rena comes to him and all this stuff. So the way the movie's kind of designed is establish stakes, fight, establish stakes, mm. raise stakes, fight. Mm. And I think that's something we kind of got on this one, why we spent so much time with the writing, because we wanted the action to punch out more. Yeah. And that's not always with bigger explosions. It's, it took me forever to figure it out, but it's more about character and storytelling than it is the explosions. Yeah. I think that some of the characters that we don't, that we meet for the first time in this film as well, we learn so much about them from the way that they are portrayed to us in the, you know, through their costume, through the way they hold themselves. I mean, that whole Berlin club scene is just phenomenal. And I, it's the, with the axes and the water and the, just the... Killer. Oh, and the, the moment with the back over the balcony, like the, the audible <laughs> response from the audience watching this film was so brilliant. And that's one of the things I love about watching these films as well, is that you're part of a community watching it. And you're watching it together in a big on a big screen, and you kind of I don't know you. you it's great. It's infectious that response from people as well. <laughs> cool. What, cool. How many extras in that Berlin sequence? And what are you? Because they're they've got to. They're partly kind of just dancing away, and then they're partly kind of going, "Oh God, no!" There's a man with an axe, kind of thing. They're in the it's, Wick world. It's such <laughs> a fine just line, walk by. <laughs> but it's such a fine line, you know, of getting it right that it, they're not that it's it feels. Well, real. you seated the the dancers and stuff. Were the we real had, dancers? We had like twenty and... great. We went out in Berlin and we found twenty great from a dance troupe, from, yeah, or a few different dance troops. We get like twenty dancers that have really like they were phenomenal dancers. And then we kind of surrounded. You know the shot with them, and we had about three hundred cast. I mean, it was during COVID, so we had to be very careful how we did our our, our sectors and quadrants. Yeah. But I think we had about three hundred that we managed to replicate and tile throughout the club. Still, I mean, fantastic. I mean, our line producer and our, our our you know AD team did a really good job of keeping it all safe, but still making it look like wow, we got a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't just that. I mean, there was an orchestration and consideration. Uh, the performance, they were yeah. great. It was like, like you were saying, like, it's a little tricky uh, be to atten- build pay that attention, point. don't pay yeah. attention. Yeah. Don't look at him, you know, that but, kind of thing. But yeah. don't be ignorant, of, right. not ignorant, but don't, <laughs> we, not, don't not recognize we're, it. We're, we're then, within the John Wick world, so we get away with a little bit more than probably like collateral club scene where everybody reacts on the first gunshot. Yeah, I mean, I've this been in like, a club hey, when this yeah. kind of happens every Friday night. And I've been at a club when there's been a fight, you know what right. I mean? And some people are like, well, we'll just stay away. Other people are like, oh, don't wreck my night. We're still yeah. And what's that like for you, Keanu, with regards to, you know, you're kind of, I guess, performing in front of a crowd, which is different to a lot of the other sort of action scenes. Is mm. it different for you? Is it is it different? Um, with that stuff? No, I was just still trying to figure out the choreography <laughs> and uh, trying not to suck and kind of focused on trying to do okay. And dress shoes um, and waterfalls. And dress shoes and waterfalls. <laughs> and Got some kind of like safety sort of thing on the bottom of the shoes so you're sure. not sliding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been a great idea. Yeah. We try. It's just, I mean, it's a waterfall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work the way they tell you it's going to work. Have you got a favorite scene from the film? Is that an easy question to answer? Either to shoot or... I mean, you've not seen it yet, which is kind of the final film. Yet. I mean, I've seen the edit, I'm, yeah. but closer to finish, but not finished, finished. Yeah. Uh, favorite. Favorites are tough. Yeah. Um, Most memorable then? Well, there's lots of <laughs> memorables. I don't know, without giving away, I like, I like, I love the story of John Wick in this. And I yeah. think the journey of, of, through it, I mean, there was really, that journey was the reason why I did it. And well, we talked before we started recording about yeah. particular emotion. Yeah. Is, yeah. And and with that there was a certain 
melancholy. Like it's, I feel like John Wick's almost taking in everything with everyone he's meeting and everything that he's doing. Mm. And I think I did as well. And so there was method acting and there was a nice kind of connection to the story, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's been a great journey and you've been on with this guy. So all of those moments, you know, being in, there's a, a, a canal underneath Paris scene with Lawrence and Ian McShane, Bowery King, yeah. and the really like manager yeah. of the New York Continental. I like that little string of that, the, the, the boat scene yeah. to the church, yeah. which I really like. And I like the end of the day, just the little wrap-up. Yeah. Those would be my favorite. Yeah. Then the but they're opening. all John scenes. Yeah. It's, it's and quite nice. small scenes and emotional scenes. I think yeah. those are the yeah. three that help us with the other three films. I think they, those three scenes specifically kind of wrap up yeah. our little quadrilogy. Yeah. <laughs> well, quadrilogy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I don't know. It's now. now. It needs to quadrilogy, be. Quadrilogy. Yeah. yeah. John Wick deserves his own like, dictionary for sure. Well, thank you for the journey that we've been on with this character. If there, if there is any more or not, it's been an absolute thrill to, to watch it and enjoy it. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thank you. Thanks thank so you. much. Thank Cheers. You. to John Wick Chapter 4 that's Cry Me a River rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Chad Stahelski and Keanu Reeves my huge thanks to Keanu and Chad for taking the time to talk to us John Wick Chapter 4 is on general release now and deserves to be heard and seen on the big screen if only to fully appreciate the amazing sound design that we discussed so go and see it at a cinema immediately um, head to edithbowman.com to hear my previous conversations with the boys as well as every single other episode of the podcast Tyler Bates included follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter and do find us on Spotify to listen to dedicated playlists for each episode because we only play tiny little bits of music in the podcast we create a playlist for every single episode so get onto Spotify and find us and follow us and subscribe uh, next up then John Boyega talking about his fantastic performance in Breaking we also might have talked about Attack the Block 2 John Boyega next week's guest I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 